Good morning, everybody. It's a lovely Saturday morning where I am. It's pouring down rain. So I felt like this would be as good a time as any to do a new podcast. Hey, this is Zach, and you're listening to the That's What I'm Screaming podcast. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm a little I'm a little flimmy today. I apologize. I think it's the weather. But um, I wanted to talk today about an issue that has, I guess, become a hot-button topic as of late. Um, talk to you about the potential for a $15 federal minimum wage. Now, um, I've, there are many, many pros and cons on this. I'm rather uneducated on the issue of economics and wages and so on. So the pros and cons that I'm going to talk about today are just the things, my opinions of things that I think I know about. Um, I'm sure you can find an economist or financial specialist near you that could give you better clarification. But I want to talk about it today because I think it is important. I think it is important for people to have an opinion on this because we're talking about our way of life and our lifestyles and our standards of living. And um, it's important. So I think I read this morning that the federal minimum wage right now is $7.25 an hour. Um, by today's standards, $7.25 an hour is not a lot of money. Um, you really can't. You might could take care of yourself on seven twenty five an hour, but if you have a kid or a spouse or anything, it, it would be very, very difficult. Um, now, I could go down a big rabbit hole of, you know, people having children they can't afford and, uh, and having um, wants and lusts that they can't afford and habits they can't afford. I, that's a whole other subject. Um, that gets more into human nature and things like that, but... <clears throat> excuse me, um, talking today about the potential of a $15 federal minimum wage and how it might possibly change things. Again, these are my opinions. I think these are possibilities, but there's no way of knowing for sure until it actually happens. I think the first thing um, that would happen is you would slowly see uh, part-time jobs possibly going away or it could turn more into everyone works a part-time job and there are no full-time jobs available anymore. It could go either way. And the reason I say that is because uh, with the Obamacare package that was passed in 2000, I want to say 12 or 13, it basically put into law that if you have an employee that works over, I want to say it's around 30 hours a week. I want to say it's 30 hours a week. But any employee that works over a set number of hours per week, you have to give them um, insurance. You have to give them health insurance. And so what happened and what this caused was you would start seeing employees uh, getting their hours cut to where they would be below that threshold. And it happened in all industries. It happened in all parts of the country. Um, from my experience, um, from 2000. 12 to 2016, I worked part-time at a liquor store. It's while my son was in college and I was trying to help him with that and trying to, you know, just, um, I wanted him to be as close to debt-free as possible. And, um, 
basically I worked for a liquor store. Now here where I live in Virginia, the liquor stores are owned by the state and they're operated by the state. And um, so the reason that there was a part-time job available for me to get at the liquor store is because they had made all of the floor staff, all of the cashiers, part-time employees. The only people in the liquor stores that make 40 hours a week or get, or, or get benefits are the people that are the assistant managers or the managers. Everybody else that you see at a Virginia ABC store, they get less than 30 hours a week. And uh, when I left the store, I was making 10 25 an hour. And anyone else who was a cashier there made 10 25 an hour. There were people there that were cashiers that had been there 10, 15 years longer than me. And we all made the same money. We all made 10 25 an hour. So companies are going to explore other options. And there's going to be companies are going to go one way and there's going to be companies that go another. Um, for instance, if you have someone right now that's making minimum wage at two jobs, trying to make ends meet that way, if we go up to $15 an hour minimum wage, then they can go back to working one job and maybe have more time for their life. Because if you're working two part-time jobs, uh, making minimum wage at both, trying to make a living, you don't really have probably a lot of time to actually live your life. You're probably always worried about money and you're always chasing money and you don't have any time for yourself, your interest, your family, anything. So what employers have done over the years to get around the Obamacare and forced health care that they would have to provide for their employees, let's say you had a 40 hour a week position. Okay. You could pay one person 40 hours a week, let's say $20 an hour, and then you would have to give them benefits, right? You would have to give them insurance and so on and so forth. Or you could have two 20 hour a week part-time employees to do those 40 hours, pay each one of them $20 an hour, and you don't have to give them any kind of benefits or compensation. So these employers figured out you could save a pile of money not having to give people health insurance. Because I can tell you right now, health insurance um, for an employer to provide to an employee is very expensive. I mean, I don't know how small and and family-owned businesses stay in business anymore because their tax burden, uh, their burden to pay um, Social Security wages to their employees, health insurance, whatever. Because you, what you have to understand when it comes to FICA, which is what they take out for your Social Security, and your taxes that are taken out, your employer has to match that same amount every pay period. And then when you tell them that they have to provide you some kind of health insurance on top of that, they have to pay something for a plan and so on. So it gets expensive. Um, excuse me. It's morning and I'm going to take a sip of coffee. So what employers would have to figure out for themselves is it's still beneficial for me to have two employees at $10 an hour each. Uh, each working 20 hours a week, so I don't have to pay them health insurance. 
or am I going to pay two employers, two employees, $15 an hour? So they have to do the checks and balances. Is it still going to benefit them to have two part-time people to do a full-time position? Or should they just bite the bullet and pay one person $15 an hour to work 40 hours a week, and then they would have to provide the benefits? So there'll be a lot of checks and balances, and some companies will probably go completely to part-time employees, and other companies will do away with part-time positions, and then some companies will just fucking lay people off because they don't want to pay everybody $15 an hour. So those are, you know, parts of the pros and cons, and every company is going to be different. Now, I can tell you um, that I know for a fact, and I'm not going to name the employer. You all know they're a big box store chain. They might be one of the biggest in the world. But when they hire people to be cashiers and to work on the floor in their stores, nobody gets over 30 hours a week. None of them. And they actually, when they give them their new hire package, included in their new hire package are the forms to fill out to get Medicaid and to get food stamps. They give them that as part of their new hire package. So they're basically telling these employees that they hire that you're never going to make enough working here doing this job to be able to buy groceries and have health insurance. So basically, these big box store employers that employ all these cashiers and all these different people out there, they're letting the federal government be their health insurance for their employees because they're giving them Medicaid applications the first day they're on the job. So that's definitely something that may become more prevalent in more industries in more jobs. Um, the $15 an hour minimum wage would be a life changer for some people. The people that are working one job right now at $10 an hour and working their ass off 60, 70 hours a week trying to get overtime so they can make enough to make ends meet. Well, now they may get to work less hours and make the same money or a little bit more money. They can spend more time at home with their families. And I think that's kind of where this whole proposal comes from. Right. Um, it's, you know, it's part of the whole we're going to take from the rich and give to the poor. But in theory, it sounds great. Giving everybody the opportunity to make more money sounds ethical and it sounds like the fair thing to do. But what you have to realize is that there is a segment of our population that is always going to be poor no matter how much money they make because there are people in our society in a percentage of our population that are always going to make bad financial decisions. They're going to always piss away whatever they have and whatever they get. So if their pay goes up, they're just going to spend more money on the dumb shit that they've been spending money on to begin with. Okay. If you have a crackhead working for you at minimum wage at $7.25 an hour and you give them $15 an hour, they're just going to buy more crack. Okay? That's just how it is. There's a certain percentage of our population that are always going to make bad decisions. Now, you can legislate the federal minimum wage, but you cannot legislate common sense. 
you cannot legislate that people in a free society make good decisions. You cannot force people to make good decisions. So those people who are making $7.25 an hour right now and make bad financial decisions and they make bad life decisions, if you give them $15 an hour, they're not going to smarten up because of it. You know, we're not creating a minimum intelligence wage, okay? So you have to take that into account. I know that the people proposing this bill think that, well, we're just trying to help people. And I get that. And there is a segment of the population that will benefit and that have made good decisions. They've just not made a lot of money that now they will continue to make more good decisions and they will make more money. But we have to keep into account the people that will throw it all away. And that's just a fact. Another side of it is our arrogance as a country, we believe that the rest of the world follows our lead at all times. Pause, please, for another sip of coffee. So what we've seen over the last several years, and I'm sure everyone has has come across this, for instance, you may call your, your phone company about your phone bill, and you end up talking to someone from another country. And the one thing that the internet has done over the years is it's made the world a very small place. I can dial a number right now, a local number, and speak to someone in India. I can. It's easy to do. If I need to call and check on my internet bill or if I need to call and check on my phone bill, you know, a lot of times when you dial an 800 number, you end up talking to someone in another country. Well, why is that? Because these American companies or companies that operate in America, and they're not always owned by Americans, but they operate here. They figured out that there are people in other countries that will be willing to do a job for less than what Americans are willing to do that job for. So if you have a country that's already paying people less than what we are willing to do it for here, That is just going to increase tenfold if you double the federal minimum wage. Example, you're going to have large companies that operate completely in the United States right now that are are going to start exploring, exploring opportunities in other countries. And you're going to see companies here that are going to send all of their HR jobs all of their customer service jobs, all of their telecommunication jobs, they're going to send them overseas. Because if you got somebody in India that's willing to do it for $3 an hour and the minimum wage in the United States is $15 an hour, it makes good business sense to have a person that's willing to do the same exact job for less money. And that's just a fact. And that's actually just business, right? When you go into a hiring situation and an employee makes you an offer, they are trying to find an employee that is willing to do the job for less money than anyone else. That's their goal, right? I always tell people, if you go to a job interview, don't ever tell the potential employer what you want in pay. Don't ever say to you, 
somebody in an interview say, well, you know, I really need $50,000 a year to do this job. Don't ever do that. Because if their opening bid was going to be $60,000 and you just said you would do it for 50, you just fucked yourself out of 10 grand a year. You always let the employer make you an offer and then you negotiate from there. And they're always going to offer the lowest amount that they think they can get away with. That's just business. That's just, that's what they're taught to do. Right. When I worked at the ABC store towards the end, because it was all part-time positions, their attitude. And I heard this from several managers is we need a person that has a warm body, can pass a drug test and can pass a background test. And that's all we need. We don't even give a shit if they can read or write. Everything we do is on a touch screen anyway. So employers now, when they're thinking about these bids and these offers to try to get employees, they're going to have to take into consideration the fact that they may already have employees. Let's say a company has employees that have positions that require a bachelor's degree, right? And they're paying people $18 an hour with a bachelor's degree. And then that same company needs to fill a janitorial position that doesn't require a bachelor's degree, might not even require a high school diploma, but you're going to start them out at $15 an hour. So this cat making $18 an hour with a bachelor's degree is going to want a similar raise in pay. They're going to say, okay, well, this guy went from $7.25 an hour. Now he's making $15. Well, my $18 then should now go up to $25 an hour. So it's a lot for employers to think about. And again, <clears throat> excuse me, the pros and cons are limitless. I mean, you, we could argue this down many different rabbit holes. I, I really believe that the intention of doing good is not always going to come out with the same consequences that everyone is shooting for. I think in reality, we could be setting ourselves up for disaster. And the reason I say that is because you're going to have employers that are just going to say, you know, fuck it. I'm going to hire 15 part-time employees, and I'm going to eliminate these six or seven full-time people that I have. It's going to save me health insurance money. It's going to save me on FICA. It's going to save me overall. It's going to save me thousands of dollars. So you're going to have 15 people making $15 an hour, 20 hours a week. And we're back in the same hole, right? We're back in the same hole of now this person's got to work two part-time jobs. Because what is the minimum wage increase going to cause on the consumer side? It's going to cause inflation. It just is. I was talking to my girlfriend and her son about this last night. Like, are all the waiters and waitresses going to continue to work for $3.15 an hour or $4.15 an hour because the minimum wage is now up to $15 an hour? No, they're not going to stand for that. You're going to have to find... Um, you're going to have to pay waiters and waitresses more because a waiter is going to sit there and say, you're paying me three fifteen an hour and I can start, I can go to Starbucks um, and make 15 an hour 
and work the same number of hours. And that 15 an hour will probably overcompensate for the tips that I might lose. So then you're going to have to raise everybody's pay who works in the, in the food service industry, right? You can't leave them behind because your whole idea for raising the federal minimum wage is to bring people up to help people. You can't tell the people that work in restaurants, we're going to help everybody but you. You can't do that. So their pay is going to have to go up. So now, you know, that $12 meal that you get at your favorite Mexican restaurant is going to have to be $20 cuz now they got to pay their wait staff more. You got to pay the cook in the kitchen more and he's not getting 4.15 an hour because he's not getting tips. So that guy in the kitchen is probably making 8 or 9 dollars an hour. Well now you got to pay him 15 an hour. So your $12 Mexican restaurant meal is going to be $20. And that's just a fact. That's going to be the way it is. So anytime in the history of our country that wages have increased, cost of doing business also increase. So if you go into a grocery store and all the employees right now are making $10, $11 an hour to stock the shelves, now you got to start paying them $15 an hour. And those shelves have still got to be stocked, okay? They they do. I'm not going to go stock shelves and then buy from them. It just doesn't work that way. So now your cost of a pack of Oreos is going to go from $3 to $6 because you got to pay that guy more money to put those Oreos on the shelf. Everything's going to go up. It has to. You cannot raise people's pay without raising the cost of doing business. It's built into the cost of doing business. Okay. So worst case scenario, you're going to have companies that are going to close locations and just lay people off. And they're going to say, well, you know, if you're Starbucks, do you really need a Starbucks on every corner now? If you eliminate half of the Starbucks in our country, you still always have a Starbucks within driving distance. Okay. Does there really need to be a Walmart in every town? Does there really need to be a Walmart every 10 to 15 miles? No, because people who love Walmart will drive an extra 10 minutes to get there. So you can eliminate half of the Walmarts. I mean, Taco Bell's. Wendy's, McDonald's, all of them, you know, they're franchised out. They're privately owned. So a lot of these places are open 24 hours for your convenience. Well, now we're only going to be open 12 hours. We're going to cut the hours in half because we're going to lay off half of our employees. So you can't get that double quarter pounder with cheese at 2 o'clock in the morning when you're high on whatever you like to get high on, right? So there's that. You think Waffle House is going to continue to be open 24 hours a day if they have to start paying their employees $15 an hour? Fuck no. Service is going to go down. Prices are going to go up. Um, The ease of our life right now is going to change. Right now, things are easy. Everything's open 24 hours. Everything's convenient. There's convenience stores everywhere. You can't drive a city block where I live and not run into a convenience store or a coffee shop 
And you can't drive more than five to 10 minutes in any direction and not end up at a Walmart. That stuff's going to change. So then you're going to have things closing, right? So you think the line at your grocery store is long right now. It pisses you off when you're on your way home and you pick up a few items and you spend way more time in line than you did actually filling the cart. Well, that's going to double. So you you best prepare for that. So instead of getting it home at 5.30 in the evening, you're not going to get home till 6 because you got to stop and pick up stuff. All right? Now, if you want to, you can start ordering milk on Amazon. It might be cold when it gets to you, but chances are if you want milk, you're going to have to stop and get it. All right? Oh, okay. Well, you just order it on Instacart. You'll have them bring the groceries to you. Okay, well, let's say Instacart doubles, right? You got to pay the Instacart employees. That's going to go up. They're not going to do it for what they've been doing it for because everybody else is making $15 an hour now. So you're going to have to wait twice as long anyway for Instacart. You might as well go to the store and get it yourself and just wait in line. All of these things will change. They have to. Because what it comes down to is the cost of doing business, all right? And anytime you raise the cost of doing business, business people are going to look for ways to lower cost. It's cause and effect. It's not complicated. It's not even economics 101. It's I'm making all this money and I'm trying to figure out how to keep it for myself. And that's how businesses operate. That's how they put money in the bank for rainy days. That's just the way business is done. So moving forward, um, I don't necessarily think that the raising the minimum wage is the way to go. Um, Again, you cannot legislate common sense. You cannot legislate that someone make good decisions. I'm going to go back to what I think a lot more money in our country needs to go towards, and that is education. Um, They don't teach you how to handle money when you're in school, unless you're in college and you're taking economics or finance courses. Um, When I graduated, when I left school, I didn't know how to balance a checkbook. Um, I didn't know anything about FICA or personal income taxes. Uh, I didn't learn any of that until I went to work and my mother taught me as best she could, but she wasn't an expert. You know, she didn't know the inner workings of why they take out what they take on your pay. Um, nobody in my family really is an expert in finance. And I don't know that anybody in my family plays the stock market. I play the stock market now just by happenstance and my 401k is wrapped up in it, but I don't actually myself uh, play the stocks or anything. But I think educating people um, about money and about economic issues is a good way to start. And we might want to look at doing that rather than just throwing uh, more money at an existing problem. And how would I go about educating people? Um, Number one, any child that graduates high school and doesn't know how to balance a checkbook or doesn't know what percentage of the gross is going to drop down to the net on their paycheck is really going out into the world handicapped. 
because kids don't know what a dollar does. Okay. Kids don't realize how much it costs to go out to eat dinner because they're not paying the bill and nobody's teaching them what it's worth. And then there are some families out there that educate their kids. There are some people out there that talk to their kids about the value of a dollar or, and everybody thinks that, you know, teaching their kids the value of money is making them go out and work and paying them something or paying them something for chores. Um, but you know, cleaning the cat box for an allowance, it's just cleaning the cat box and it's just money. There's no connection, right? The kid's never going to say, Hey, um, the cost of cleaning the cat box has gone up. I need to raise an allowance. They don't do that, right? Because they haven't been taught. So we live in a country with multiple generations in, within families that have never known um, about economics or finance because they've never been taught. They don't teach in school anymore. Um, they don't teach a lot of things in the school anymore. And, and really, the only things they teach in school are the things that are actually on the SOL uh, test. So everything else is left behind. Um, I could go down that rabbit hole too, and I might do that as well at some point. But a, a person going to work in the workforce that gets paid a wage or a salary needs to know why they end up with the amount they end up with. And that goes to people making good decisions and people doing things to protect themselves and to benefit themselves. Um, if you don't know the value of a dollar, if you've never had to pay a bill, if you've never had to pay a light bill or a mortgage or rent coming out of the gate, $20 an hour sounds like a lot of money. It does, right? When I was a kid, $20 an hour sounded like a fortune, but at the end of the day, it's really not, you know, here where I live, in Virginia, you know, you can make $100,000 a year and live pretty well. You can be very comfortable. You have a nice house, a nice car, nice things. Um, if you make $100,000 a year and you live in New York City, you're going to starve to death. So a lot of it has to do as well with perception and your viewpoint and, and where you're viewing it from, okay? Um, $100 to me is it, it it's my light bill it is my internet a hundred dollars to me might be a new pair of shoes if i lose a hundred dollars it's a loss it's like oh shit i just lost my light bill money or i just lost my money for my new shoes if elon musk's if elon musk loses a hundred dollars he may never know he lost it because it doesn't mean anything to him okay that's his view. That's his perception. So how does that go into the, the job market, you say? Well, I can tell you right now, I feel like I make pretty good money for what I do in my career. Now, there are people in the world that would do what I do for a tenth of what I make. Okay? Bill Gates wouldn't do what I do for 10 times what I make. And in reverse, I would do what Bill Gates does for 10% of what he has. It's all about perspective. 
So when someone in Congress who's worth millions of dollars and has never had to fill out a job application and never had to um, build a resume, they all make around two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars a year in Congress. They might not even know how much they make because that two hundred to three hundred thousand dollars a year to them might be pocket change, right? So then they're saying, "Well, we've got to do something to help the people." So we're going to double the minimum wage. We're going to go from seven twenty-five to fifteen an hour. We're going to more than double the minimum wage, and that's going to help people. They're not working for $15 an hour. The people voting on this are not working for minimum wage. They have no concept of what $15 an hour really is. None. They have no viewpoint. They have no perspective. They have no experience with it. $15 an hour might be what they pay their kids in allowance to breathe. Okay? So... What you have is a system where the haves get to make all the decisions that affect the have-nots. And that's where the real problem is. The real problem isn't what minimum wage is. The real problem is the distance between the two, right? The people on Capitol Hill think, well, if we give all these poor people $15 an hour and double their pay, then everything's going to be great. Their life is going to be so much better. Their life is going to be twice as good as what it was because they're making twice as much money. No, that's not how it works. And again, I go back to what I said about perspective. You know, Bill Gates, his opinion of $1,000 is going to be drastically different than what my opinion of $1,000 is. The value of a dollar is interpretive, okay? If you, hold a, if you hold a $20 bill, it is a piece of paper that essentially is worthless. To create value within that $20 bill, you have to have two parties agree on the value, on the worth of that piece of paper, okay? If you're selling a car, if you're a car dealer and you're selling a car for $20,000, there has to be another party come along that agrees that that car is worth 20,000 of those pieces of paper. That's when the seller sells to the buyer. There's an agreement of what the value is and what the worth is of that piece of property. So the value of a dollar to me is going to be drastically different than the value of a dollar to someone else. In order for a $10 bill to be a $10 bill at the McDonald's drive-thru when you're buying your lunch, McDonald's has to agree that what they're handing you in that bag is worth what that piece of paper that you're handing them through the window is. And you have to agree that what they're handing you in that bag is worth that piece of paper that you're getting ready to give up. And that's just where we are as far as thinking of value and what something is worth to me, what something is worth to you, that $10 drive through meal to Nancy Pelosi is worth nothing compared to 
that $10 drive through meal to someone who makes $7.25 an hour. That person is paying more than they make an hour for lunch, whereas she is paying nothing by comparison to her salary for that lunch. It's a big deal if you pay some, for something that is worth an hour of your time rather than paying for something that's worth nothing of your time. So I think that's what we really need to get down to the brass tacks of is what is $15 to you and what is $15 to me? And again, you cannot legislate common sense. You cannot legislate how people value money and you can't legislate how people look at money. Elon Musk does not give a rat's ass about $15. Okay. But somebody working two jobs and both of them are paying minimum wage would appreciate a $15 tip wherever they're working. They'll say, thank you very much. And their face will light up. I'm just putting it out there. It's all about perspective. It's all about where you're viewing this issue from. Do I think the world would be a better place if no one had to worry about paying their bills, if nobody had to worry about making ends meet, nobody had to worry about not being able to afford food and shelter? Of course, that would be awesome. That would also be communism. Okay? We are living in a free and capital society, right? Capitalism rules everything. And that's what we agreed to. So there's always going to be the line between the haves and have nots. There's always going to be the separation and the distance. Where people need to educate themselves and become smarter is they need to learn to make better decisions with what they have. And they need to make better decisions moving forward of how they negotiate for themselves. Again, if you sit down in a job interview and a potential employer says, okay, well, how much money do you want to make? Don't answer that question. I came to the conclusion a long time ago with my employer and my job, I'm never going to make more than what they want me to have. That's the way the system is set up. If you work at a job and you're on your feet 40 hours a week and you're getting $12 an hour. That's what your employer thinks you're worth. That's what they're willing to give you for it. You may think you're worth twice that. You probably are worth twice that. But it's not going to happen because in capitalism, the one who dishes out the money is in control. Their decision, their thoughts are what matters. So the only advice that I can give to anyone out there about money is know your value, know your worth, and be willing to stand up for it and fight for it. You know, when the employer says, we'll give you $50,000 a year to do this job, you look them in the eye and say, you know what? I'm worth 60. I'm worth 70. I'm not going to take your 50000 a year. That's how you make minimum wage go up. You don't fucking agree to work for it. If everybody in the world stopped agreeing to work for $7.25 an hour, 
minimum wage will go up without a federal bill being passed. Sooner or later, employers will figure out that nobody's going to work for $7.25 an hour. The minimum wage is a detriment to most people working for it because they've settled for it. They said, well, that's the minimum wage. That's what I have to do this job for. No, that's not what you have to do that job for. Just because it's the minimum wage does not mean you have to agree to it. Now, somebody else may come along and agree to it. There's no controlling what other people do. But at the end of the day, if everybody just said, you know what? I'm not going to do it for that. I'm going to go over here and I'm going to tell these people that $7.25 an hour is an insult. I can't make a living on that. I can't, I can't feed myself for $7.25 an hour. But we're set up as a society and we're set up as a culture to take what is offered. And the powers that be, the people that are control, controlling the purse strings, they've been trained to offer the lowest amount that they can get away with. So somewhere along the line, that system needs to change. And it doesn't need to be controlled by a federal law. Federal laws are not helping anybody. The federal minimum wage going up to $15 an hour is going to do all the things that I've talked about. They're going to cost people to lose their jobs. They're going to cost jobs to go to other countries that don't abide by our minimum wage. You can't tell China that they have to pay their people $15 an hour. And you're going to create inflation. You're going to create where the cost of business goes up. And these people who own these businesses are not going to settle for less money. They're not going to say, well, I got to start paying my people double. So I guess I'm just going to have less money at the end of the month. No, that's not how that works. Because again, I go back to what is the value of that piece of paper? What's the value of that dollar? Right? If you make $100,000 a year, you can't go back to making $20,000 a year. But you can go from making $20,000 a year to $100,000 a year. It's the way the system works. So businesses and companies are not going to settle for less profit just because they have to pay their employees more. They're not going to do it. They're going to figure out that either I'm going to eliminate these positions or I'm going to raise my prices and some of them are going to do both. So all I can say about the federal minimum wage, it sounds great. It sounds like people on Capitol Hill are trying to help poor people, trying to do the right thing. But at the end of the day, it might end up being a disaster. But again, it's all about your perspective. It's all about your point of view. Hey, thanks for listening. Again, I'm Zach, and this is the That's What I'm Screaming podcast. I hope you liked it. I hope you liked it enough to subscribe so that the next time I drop one of these podcasts, it'll go straight to you. Hope you think enough of it to tell a friend or tell a family member or, hell, even tell an enemy if you dislike them that much to check me out. Um, you can reach out to me. My email is that's what I'm screaming podcast at gmail.com. 
no capital letters, no punctuation, just that's what I'm screaming podcast at gmail.com. I'm hoping that you have a great, great day. That's what I'm screaming.